And I can't think of anyone better to serve as the next city attorney for the city and county of San Francisco than Assembly Member David Chu. I'm Damian Bulwa, and this is Fifth Admission. That was San Francisco Mayor London Breed talking about David Chu. He's one of the dominoes that are now falling as some of the city's most powerful jobs change hands. First, the mayor tapped city attorney Dennis Herrera to lead the city's Public Utilities Commission. In turn, the city attorney job was open, so Breed on Wednesday installed Chu, the former Board of Supervisors president. He's the first Asian American to be city attorney. And of course, now Chu's assembly seat is open, and there may be even more dominoes after that. My guests today to talk about all of this are City Hall reporters Trisha Thadani and Mallory Mensch. Guys, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. So we have a lot of people changing seats here, but don't all of these people that are being appointed to positions by the mayor of San Francisco actually want to be the mayor of San Francisco? Well, I think some of them might have wanted to in the past, uh, but we'll see if they'll they'll take their chances. If they did, they would have to run against their now boss in two years and maybe give up these nice paying jobs. So we'll see what they do. All right. Well, let's take a look at some of these moves. And just a note to the listener, you're going to hear a lot of Trisha Thadani at the top and a lot of Mallory Mensch later in the show. That's because of the stories that they've been writing for us. Let's start with the move, though, by Dennis Herrera to the PUC. That's the agency that handles water and sewer services, but it is a very powerful agency. It's been embroiled in a corruption scandal. Trisha, what happened? All the way back in April, Mayor London Breed kind of shocked City Hall with this appointment of longtime city attorney Dennis Herrera to lead the PUC. Herrera has been a fixture in the city attorney's office for the last 20 years. So the idea of the city attorney's office without Dennis Herrera was just a crazy concept to a lot of people in City Hall. But he said that he was excited for the position. Um, it's important to note that he's going to about double his salary. He, with this new position, he's going to get about $400,000 a year. And when talking to him about why he was excited about this role, he said that, you know, he spent a lot of his career in the city attorney's office working on similar issues such as um, regulating, trying to regulate PG&E that he would now at the Public Utilities Commission. So from his explanation, it made a lot of sense. But, you know, when the appointment first happened, it was definitely a shock and really shook things up in City Hall. All right. And the PUC, of course, is embattled uh, because of a corruption scandal, like a couple of other agencies, as we know, in the city. Tell us about what's going on at the PUC. Yeah, so the PUC's had a pretty tough year. So last year, the former director, Harlan Kelly, um, resigned after the FBI charged him with accepting bribes from a city contractor and a permit consultant. And that really roiled the agency. Um, that also came to a shock to the public. And now Dennis Herrera, who is leading a separate investigation into city hall corruption will now take over that position. All right. So this left the city attorney's job open, and it's a pretty familiar face that the mayor has turned to. For those who don't know him well, Tricia, who is David Chu? Why would he want to leave the assembly? And why is this important in San Francisco? Yeah, so David Chu is a pretty prominent um, face in San Francisco, and you know him coming back to City Hall is a homecoming of sorts. Uh, he was District 3 supervisor for several years, um, and then he was also the president of the Board of Supervisors. And he's been in the State Assembly since 2014. 
Um, and, you know, he's still maintained a pretty tight relationship with a bunch of supervisors in San Francisco. He's worked with Mayor London Breed on a number of um, pieces of legislation while he's been up in Sacramento. And, you know, he he basically said that he was he's been interested in the city attorney job for a while. Um, he said that he views this as kind of one of the most exciting and powerful positions that you could hold in San Francisco. He is a pretty wide ranging background in law. He was a public interest lawyer, you know, all day reaching back to college. He's worked as a student activist. So he said, you know, the work that he'll do in the city attorney's office, he said, runs really deep within him. And then he'll also be um, the first Asian American to run the city attorney's office. And, you know, also on a personal note, he has a young kid and he has a wife and a family in San Francisco. And he said it'll be pretty nice not to have to commute to Sacramento a couple of days a week now. And Chu, like Breed, is pretty far to the left overall in the state, but more of a moderate for San Francisco, right? Yeah, so Chu's actually a really interesting example of how San Francisco and Sacramento politics really differ. So in San Francisco, he was squarely considered a moderate, similar to how Breed is. But in Sacramento, um, you know, kind of the joke is, is that no one is more to the left than Chu. So it'll be really interesting to see kind of where he lands now coming back in San Francisco. I want to ask you guys about a little of the tension around this position. As you write, some people have questioned whether Breed should be appointing a city attorney at all, considering that that office is in the lead on investigating City Hall corruption scandal that revolves around Breed's longtime friend, former Public Works Director Mohammed Nuru. So what did Chu and Breed say about that on Wednesday? Yeah, so Breed's appointment of Herrera to the Public Utilities Commission did raise some eyebrows in City Hall for that very reason. By virtue of her shuffling the city attorney, she got to choose a new one. So there were some supervisors who questioned, like, will her pick be neutral? And can we trust that this person will carry on this investigation with integrity, especially because this investigation is going to be or this investigation has been sort of targeting her departments. Of course, they said that the integrity of the investigation is going to continue. Um, Breed, actually, when I first asked her about this, she said it was insulting to even insinuate that she would appoint someone who was kind of in her pocket. David Chu told me, point blank, the investigations will continue. And current city attorney Dennis Herrera also assured that his office would continue these as well. So we'll we'll see what happens. We'll see if there's more shoes that are going to drop in this investigation under Chu. All right. And let's actually listen to David Chu addressing that point. From my perspective, the events of this past year have tarnished city governments. And we need to restore uh, the public's trust in government. I will do whatever is necessary to continue to root out whatever corruption may continue to exist. And I certainly plan to be an independent legal authority continuing in the strong tradition of Dennis Rare. All right, let's take a quick break on Fifth and Mission. I'm here with Trisha Thadani and Mallory Mench, our City Hall reporters. We'll be right back. You're listening to Fifth and Mission. You can support this show and the newsroom that creates it by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app. Mallory, it's time to put you in the hot seat. Let's talk about David Chu's soon-to-be-vacant assembly seat. There is a lot of interest and intrigue around this. 
I assume Mayor Breed does not get to fill this position, though, right? She does not. And this one will be up to the San Francisco voters in a special election that will be called by Governor Gavin Newsom um, as soon as she leaves his assembly seat, which tentatively is October 31st. And then the election will take place sometime after that. Again, that's up to the governor to decide. It could be as soon as four months or as long as six and a half months. But there will be a chance for uh, the voters to pick that next assembly member. All right. Well, let's talk about whoever gets that seat. How long will they be in office before they have to win a regular election? They'll have to run again next year uh, in the fall. So Mallory, who do we know is running so far? So far, four people have said that they are intending to run as soon as the seat is vacant. Of course, the seat isn't technically vacant yet, but they're planning on it. And those are a couple well-known people who've been widely rumored for a while to be running. Uh, One is District 6 Supervisor Matt Haney. Uh, The second is former Supervisor David Campos, who is currently Chief of Staff for District Attorney Chesa Boudin. Then we've also got Thea Selby, who is a city college trustee. And ironically, she also formerly ran for supervisor against Mayor Breed when when she won her seat on the board. And then finally, we have a political newcomer. He's never held elected office before. His name is Bilal Mahmoud. He's a scientist, entrepreneur, and philanthropist. All right. So four people already. People really knew this was coming, huh? Yes, they did. Even Mayor Breed on Wednesday said this is probably the worst kept secret in San Francisco politics, that she was going to get the job and then there would be an open race for his seat. Haney and Campos, Mallory, these are two stalwarts in the progressive community in San Francisco. I'm sure they they have similar voter bases. They have similar uh, probably bases of supporters they're going to look to for money. Why would they run at the same time? Well, one political consultant put it this way, human nature won out. I think they both want the job and neither of them want to give up their shot. Uh, David Compass actually already ran uh, for the seat against David Shu in 2014, obviously lost to him. It was a pretty close race there. So he has been wanting that job for a while. And I don't think it's a surprise to anyone that Matt Haney might try to go for higher office. But it does put them and also their colleagues, their supporters, their donors in a tricky position um, and will probably split some votes since they do have a lot of similar positions and it will make them probably work harder and maybe things will get a little uglier because they're trying to distinguish themselves from each other. All right. Finally, Mallory, if Haney wins, he's on the board of supervisors. What happens to his seat? Are we back to Mayor Breed? That's right. We're back to Mayor Breed, who gets to pick his successor, and likely she would choose someone that she gets along with, so it would be a more moderate ally. And then uh, they would have to run uh, again, or they would have to run at an election. And Matt Haney's legislative aide, Honey Mahogany, has already said that she would like to run for that seat. So overall, Tricia, all of these moves, they really change the shape of San Francisco politics. Yeah, I mean, you can't overstate the impact that this one appointment by Mayor Breed has had on San Francisco politics. I mean, with all of these dominoes that are falling, we're going to have a lot of new faces in a lot of different places, and it's really going to change the shape of City Hall for years to come. All right. I use dominoes as my metaphor, though, Trisha. I it think was in my you... story, so... <laughs> oh, that's true. Musical chairs, maybe, we should go on. Yeah. All right. A flurry of changes. A flurry of changes. Mallory Minch and Trisha Thadani, thanks for joining me. Thank you thanks for, for having, having us. us. Thanks to my guests today. They're City Hall reporters at The Chronicle, Trisha Thadani and Mallory Minch. Thanks to King Kaufman and Taya Francesca Price for producing this episode. 
and thank you for listening.